Well, hello and welcome to episode number 56 of Virtual Team Dynamics, the All Fire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at All Fire. At All Fire, we specialise in helping you get the most from your virtual teams through understanding how your team members communicate and interact. So on the podcast today, we're going to be talking about the value of face-to-face meetings in virtual teams, why you should have them and why sometimes you shouldn't. As with all of our podcasts, there's an accompanying article on the All Fire website, so please do check it out for additional information. And while you're there, um, feel free to sign up for our regular newsletter and subscribe to the podcast itself. And of course, check out our website and find out a bit more about how we may be able to help you with your business. Face-to-face meetings in virtual teams. It sounds a little bit, um, little bit odd that you go to all the trouble of establishing a virtual team. You manage to uh, to secure your workforce in the various locations around a city, around a state, around a country, around uh, around the planet, and then set them up so they can work without actually interacting face-to-face. But at the same time, in the back of your mind, you've got to recognise that you do need from time to time, the opportunity for for at least some of the people who are forming this virtual team to meet face-to-face and spend some time together. Now, in the early days when virtual teams were first really starting to get going, probably, I'm going to say, maybe eight to ten years ago, companies saw it as a way to avoid any of the costs associated with bringing people together physically bringing them together where they could sit and spend some time together so they would insist on people not traveling they would insist on people using video conference where it was available using telephone conference calls and so forth but not allow them to meet now what what happened there is that humans are very social animals we like to spend time together and we use that as a way we use that as a way to build relationships once you've sat in the same room as your colleagues and you've spent a little bit of social time with them, you've stood around and drunk water together, drunk coffee together, been out for a meal, whatever your uh, social interactions would be, you get to know a little bit more about the people that you're working with. And the more you know about them, the easier it is for you to then communicate with them and the easier it is for you to build the levels of trust that you really deeply need within a virtual team for that team to be effective. So hence, uh, while at one point the, the the mantra was that you did not meet face-to-face for these virtual teams, as time has gone by, there's been more of a recognition, certainly in some areas, that companies and individuals need to find at least a small amount of time from time to time to, to meet together and sit together. Now, We've put a few points down on the uh, on the article that accompanies this podcast in terms of actual key reasons and times when this should happen. So the first one here would be in planning sessions. So if you're if you're kicking off a major project, if you're kicking off a major new initiative, if you've got an organisational restructure or something going on, before you really get started in terms of 
producing deliverables and uh, and 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 moving on with the work you need to get at least the major players from each of the locations together in one place so that they can make sure that they are all fully conversant with the requirements of the work that they all fully understand why that work is being done what the objectives are what the potential hurdles will be what the milestones will be um, when once something goes wrong, how will they resolve conflict? How will they share rewards um, and so forth? So you need to have an opportunity for these people to actually meet. Now, you can do all of these things that we're going to describe here over the phone. You can do them all on a teleconference or on a video conference. And if you've got a very, very mature, well-established group of people who've worked together multiple, multiple times and who know each other very well, then you can probably do this and do it virtually but if you get new people coming in you need to bring them in and to bring them to the same point in terms of relationships with their colleagues as those who are already in that situation so the second point where you need to think very carefully about having these face-to-face -face meetings is in kickoff meetings so when you're actually starting the work you've got the scope you've got everything worked out you can then sit together and, and work out who's going to do which parts and when, when their deliverables are required, who's going to make sure that the quality is at the right level, who is going to resolve conflicts, who's going to deal with the clients, um, and, and, and all of the other things that would be associated with that. This is particularly the case when you're dealing with high-value, high-risk projects, or equally when you're dealing with, with a project um, which has a very short timeline but which will have a big impact on your organization so it may not be high value it may not be high risk in those contexts but it may have a very very large impact on the future of your business so these opportunities get people together get them in the same room empower them to do what they need to do to make sure they can deliver the work that you need to be done in the most effective and productive way so the third point where face-to-face -face is very valuable is when you're having client reviews and presentations. Again, it can be tempting to, it can actually be very um, um, so, uh, secure for some people that when they have to present to a client, they do it remotely. It's a lot safer. You can, you're, you're not as likely to receive uh, some of the some of the comments that you may get if you present face-to-face, -face, if you if you're presenting to a client, particularly if you're presenting them sometimes with not such good news. But client reviews and presentations, particularly at key milestones within a project, they should be done face-to-face. -face. There's not that much hassle involved in a few people traveling um, where, from wherever they need to to meet with their client or bringing the client to, to your location where you can sit with them and you can actually go through things and you can take a lot more time and be, go into a lot more detail. You can also answer questions a lot better and you can deal with issues and you can sense body language a lot more when you're in a face-to-face -face environment for these things. So the next one would be periodic internal reviews. Um, now, again, within a project, there will be key milestones. There'll be key points where you have to make major decisions on the future of that project. Those decisions and those milestones, you should bring as many people together as you possibly can who have significant insight and influence over the decision-making process so that they can all sit together and um, and discuss 
the merits and whether they're actually ready to pass through that milestone or not. You can, again, you can have some people call in by video, by phone or whatever to these meetings, but but the more people you can get together face-to-face for it, the better. The next one would be major sponsors meetings. Now, sponsors are typically, if you're undertaking a project, you would get senior management who can who who are not involved directly with the project, but who can then take the role of stewarding and shepherding that project so they can make sure that if there are any major obstacles in the way, that they work with the organization, whichever part of the organization they may be from, and help that or help the organization help the project for the project to be more successful for the organization itself and for the client. Major sponsors meetings, again, even if you meet once a month, try and do one face-to-face meeting a quarter and you'll find that your project will be a lot more um, accepted and a lot more successful because the sponsors have a better and deeper understanding of what's going on. They also get to know each other better, which is what this is all about. And then finally, once your project is all wrapped up, bringing people together for a lessons learned session is also very important. Um, The lessons learned should be done, really should be done periodically during a project, but if you fail to do that, at least at the end of the project, get everybody together face-to-face that can contribute to an effective lessons learned. And go through all of the all of the good and the bad and the ugly that occurred within that project. Make notes, make changes, put um, put things in place for next time around. You'll find that you'll learn a lot more from a face to face lessons learned than you will if you ask everybody to write you a document that says this is what we found and this is what we didn't find. Yes, you still need those documents. But if you have them face-to-face and presented face-to-face, you can question them. You can understand better what the nuances are in there and why things happened the way that they did. So as we said at the top of this podcast, the big advantages of face-to-face meetings are that it gives people opportunities to actually meet, spend time together, understand one another, build relationships. And then on the side of the meetings, they can have other meetings and other conversations about things which which will help the project or will help the organisation be, be more effective. Um, conversations that typically wouldn't happen because without the impetus of meeting, people will not always pick up the phone or spend the time writing a document or writing an email to send around to share on some of these things. So the face-to-face, bring people together for a little bit of time, get them to sit together, get them to share a meal and so forth, is hugely effective and hugely important. Now, where it can go wrong is if companies become intensely cost-focused. So you may find that you have a project where there has been no budget allowed for travel or a very, very small budget has been allowed for travel. People didn't recognise the need and the merit of the face-to-face time. And then as the project goes along and people need to travel, the budgets aren't there. So rather than sanction additional budget, people just say, well, there's no money to travel, so you can't, so you have to do these things electronically. And as time goes by, the the difference between the money saved on reduced travel costs as opposed to the money risked and lost on potential delays, potential rework and so forth associated with work not being done to not being done to the right quality, not being done in the, in the way which coordinates everybody together 
can become completely disproportionate. So if you spend $10,000 on travel for a couple of people to attend a face-to-face meeting, that $10,000 investment can save you millions of dollars sometimes on the turn on the turnout costs of a project. It can save you a lot of time, it can get you to market quicker with your products and so forth. So there are there are some real merits in being pragmatic and sensible in terms of managing who travels when, how often, who pays and so forth. So you really do need to be very much, very conscious of the potential benefits of face-to-face meetings rather than purely focused on the costs of people travelling to meet to do those meetings. Now, of course, just to, I guess, just to wrap up on that, I'm not suggesting here that everybody spend the entire working lives on an aeroplane because that doesn't help anybody. It, that will kill a project's budget, so you need people to have the opportunities to spend time co-located as well. So in summary, you would need your people to have the opportunities to travel when appropriate, um, as long as it's cost-effective, as long as it makes sense for the project. You wouldn't want people travelling all the time. You would need them to have the right reasons for travel. But when they go, they need to have the time and they need to have the opportunity to spend enough time there so they're not just there for the work. They can also build relationships. They can have side meetings with other people and they can help your project be a lot more effective. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and if you have, then please do check us out. We're at www.ulfire.com.au, and of course, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast feed to keep up to date with future episodes. So thank you very much, and I look forward to speaking to you next time around.